What is good, Chris Black? I am. Uh, I'm. I'm finally back home and feeling like I'm somewhat of a human being again. I'm sitting in my chair at my desk. That is at a proper my chair. As a pro, I mean, I just. I literally just sat down in my desk, which is like a, a tall person's adjustable desk with a tall person's mm, yes, office yes. chair and i was like oh yeah i miss i miss this which i guess is bad no 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 that's I good shouldn't be, i shouldn't be missing office furniture but it felt it felt good to be home and i was i was taking for granted what uh you know the home that i had created of course of course well how many cocktails did you have last night i had one one cocktail chris but it consisted of shrimp <laughs> actually and that's not a joke. I really did eat shrimp cocktail last night. At home, or did you go somewhere? At home from Fish King, baby. Damn, that sounds good, bro. I, I love you. Know, you know, I love shrimp cocktail. That's the only kind of, of of martini glass usage I'm getting these days. So for the next week at least, I'll be in the same boat as you. But I mean, there's just something nice about going getting a, a shrimp cocktail. I think it was like six, half a dozen shrimps, nine bucks. Wait, hold on. That hold on, hold on. That should be twenty eight dollars. So I'm a little confused. That's what I'm saying. But because are, because are you saying they mark this up at these at these locations? I think I'm starting to learn charge- learn now <laughs> that they're marking up the cost of this stuff. But I mean, especially seafood. But I mean, it couldn't be easier. The preparation of making shrimp cocktail is so fun. I mean, like you go to a restaurant and you're like, oh, this is like our black cod miso, blah blah blah, and you're like, all right, man in the kitchen spent some time doing some shit. But for the shrimp cocktail, it's like put it on ice served with some cocktail sauce that we mixed already that's it i love that congratulations that sounds good yeah i went to the pool straight from the from burbank yesterday and honestly i had i i it felt felt like i was bathing in god's light i did it did make me feel much better i'm happy for you bro yeah because i was feel i was feeling a little rough too man i don't understand i don't understand how i feel hungover too when i don't drink or do drugs you got contact high baby i guess i did i guess being around you just brings me up and then it sends me crashing down. yeah it's the tj you had to live and walk a mile in my shoes and you said no thanks but but also you know go a little easy on yourself because you you did you were in new york for a week then you flew across the country to la for one day woke up again at whatever five in the morning and then went and flew again spending all day in the airport right back to the east uh the east coast time zone at least and then true. spent two days going out while also waking up at five every morning and then you wake up at 4.30 and get on a plane and then go back to the PST two days later. I don't care if you're if you're drinking and doing drugs. That's going to fuck you up. That's going to fuck me up, bro. It is. Even but a I person did, in optimal optimal health like yourself. It felt nice to sit down on the plane yesterday and get a lot of reading done. I have to say that was – I feel like I spent my time on that last leg from Dallas to Los Angeles in a, in a really nice way. It is nice when you do that and you're like, you know what? I'm reading the newspaper or I'm reading a book or a magazine and it's actually entertaining me. And I don't have to, you know, get that from watching season one, episode four of Entourage, like how I was <laughs> spending my time. But hey. yeah, j- brain, brain dead TJ was instead filling his mind with with junk food, much like his mouth. <laughs> and I, of course, was finishing an issue of the New Yorker, the New York Times, uh, you know, Sunday newspaper, which is obviously a thickie. Yeah, I checked out the New Yorker as well. I was losing, learning about the talks of the town, all the new uh, the dance the theatrical dance openings that were going on in New York. There's a lot of relevant stuff to my life. I, I did read 50 pages of this book. Everyone's talking about no one is talking about this by Patricia Lockwood. And it was pretty good. What is it about though? It, it's about the internet and she's calling it the portal. And it's fucking funny. There's some really funny shit in it. The portal. 
Yeah, it's pretty esoteric, but it's cool so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very, it's very popular. Uh, but I, it made me chuckle a few times, which is nice. Okay. Um, but just yeah, using my time wisely because this cheap, this garbage American airlines, they expect you to use your own device to watch their programming on your phone. They make a little stand in the seat back. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. That's kind of fucked up. And as a as a person who would never watch a movie on their phone unless I was in jail or something, you know, I'm not going to be an iPad bro either. Like I'm not. I'm old, but I ain't that old. Literally, iPad bro is is you got to be fifty plus. Mm-hmm. You got to be fifty plus, or you have to be like a rep, like a product rep. And on the go a lot. You need a little bit more computing power. Yes. Where you're like, I, I, you know, I, I was just at Erewhon getting a, a pre-pod Cocochino. And there was, there was really? a harmless harvest rep. So sick. You know, check, checking the shelves. And I almost had to stop him and, and be like, bro, let me hold that. Let me hold your hat, please. Because he, he had a nice harmless harvest fit it fit Why don't it you just jump it? Why don't you? I thought you were a real one. Beat his ass and take it. You know what I mean? Like, take his whole... Rob, you, what you should do is beat his ass, steal his hat, and then take his keys while he's down and take the whole truck. Okay, that's a good idea. And obviously, I will get caught <laughs> doing that, you know, Monday morning in the middle of Erewhon. I will be prosecuted by the police, but... It's good for my reputation, uh, you know, in this world as a soft podcaster. Yeah, people keep coming up to me and be like, damn, your man is a little bit soft. Like, he used to be, I thought he was from the streets. I used to see him in the train yards back in the day. Like, what happened? And I'm like, Jason needs to kind of, like, reestablish himself as as a real a, a real bruiser yeah. you know what i mean because even though even though i work out a lot and am chiseled from stone i am a pussy mm-hmm. so it's not like you know if you approach me i will run away <laughs> um i need to do less white collar crimes and more blue collar crimes exactly let me hold the white collar stuff don't worry i'll deal with the offshore mm-hmm. stuff um and, and the crypto i guess yeah. and you deal with yeah whipping ass and then i'm going to you know i heard uh i heard a shipment of uh Homeless Harvest was coming in from the docks tonight. Uh, it'd be a shame if me and my boys were there to intercept intercept the, uh, <laughs> you know. I heard a rumor there's a there's a shipment of pure Harmless Harvest coming into the docks tonight at midnight. So we're gonna we're gonna have a sting. It's gonna be a Bad Boys Two scenario. <sighs> Damn, we should remake. Is that is that a Jesus and Miro joke? Do they want to remake Bad Boys Two? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I just probably I just know that um, you know it's very easy to secure permitting in in Long Beach compared to L.A. So they do a lot of that type of filming. They they write that into the scenes a lot. Like we got to do it down by the docks, industrial smart, shipping, smart. shipping and handling. I love docks. I love docks. A big part of any crime show. Um, yeah. The only docks we're going to be talking about today are the ones that you put your USB in. You know what I'm saying? Um, our, our, our guest today is legendary British DJ, BBC Radio 1, uh, Benji B. Benji B. Benji B. You probably know him um, from his 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 work uh, on BBC Radio 1. Um, he was also the musical director of Celine under Phoebe Philo. He's a musical director of uh, Louis Vuitton with with big homie Virgil Abloh. You may have heard of him, Jason. I knew, I knew who Benji B was before I knew who virgil was damn that that's fucked up bro that's crazy yeah yeah take a little glimpse into my fucked up life my favorite part about benji b is well i mean there's many favorite parts but i was checking out his wikipedia just to take a glimpse and his personal life tab says as of 2015 benji b has a record collection of 15,000 to 20,000 records that's his personal life which is (laughs) (laughs) that's cool i'm I'm curious Um, to see how many of those records he was given versus paid for. I bet he paid for a lot of them. I feel like he's a real discogs daddy. But let's find out. Yeah, he support, I mean, you know, this is this is not the arts as well as probably a football club, and we'll find out what all of those things are right after the break. <laughs> 
All right, now we wait for him to join, I guess. And now we wait. Where where are you coming to us live from? Is this the lab here? Is this the home lab? This is my lab lab. This is not even my home. This is my studio. What, t- what time is it over there, if you don't mind me asking? It's, um, it's only 8 o'clock. So, so typically on a, on a normal basis, you will, you'll, you're at your house and then you'd ride your bike over to the studio and, and do whatever it is that you need to do work-wise. Yeah. Um, if I'm in London, I'm generally here, yeah. Do you live uh, with other people? Yeah, I live, with my, I live with my girlfriend, yeah. You know, ever since from day one of lockdown, I never stopped coming in here. Um, and I'm blessed to have had this place. I would have gone mad without it, to be honest. You know, so every day, I, it's only about 15 minutes for me to get here. So I, I, I come to my studio and this is where I do my radio show from because no one's been inside the BBC building for like over a year now. So I've been doing it on this microphone that you're looking at. Um, there's, this, there's a whole DJ set up over there and there's oh, yeah. a sort of oh, studio yeah. set up over here. And, you know, so it's like I basically built, I, I replicated the BBC studios in here like the, a similar compressor like the same mics you know oh, really yeah i've got the studio desk over there as you can see which is like a mini yes. version of like the big star trek desk they have in the main studio so you know i can I, i'm doing my i'm doing my show for real from here like as if i was doing there's it. a bbc there's a radio one a two or three so is this more like a, an 11 or a 12 at your at your home studio <laughs> yeah 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 what are we looking at <laughs> I, I i don't I, I don't think i don't think i'm at that stage yet <laughs> <laughs> well i mean is it changed the process of the actual show or is it do you just have an engineer come in or, or no, is I do, it, is i'm it... doing it all myself um so i guess that's the thing that's different is that normally when i'm in the studio uh, at radio one i'm with people and you know for the last year i've been doing it on my own which is obviously like a bit of a solitary experience but no the process is exactly the same listening to tunes is the same my taste hasn't changed you know what i mean <laughs> sure, like the, pro- sure, sure. the 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 approach is the same so not, not nothing i want to make it really. cl- i want to make it clear to all the listeners covid did not change my musical taste i Correct. just want to make it very clear that's not it's that's possible. not one of the it's possible it, it definitely I, changed a lot of people's musical tastes though i think a lot of a lot more people went inward instead of outward and the desire to hear club bangers definitely decreased at least in my personal life i don't know about yours bench it's funny. I haven't heard someone call me Benj for a while. Um, it's uh... usually we'll develop a bad nickname, and people either love it yeah, or hate it off. The no, bat. no, no. It's just. I mean, we just met, so you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, but um... actually, Benji, we we have met before, Benji. Where did we meet? I met you in. Ah, uh, I recognize you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> You may know him as Them Jeans. We met we met in Miami a couple times, probably yeah, through sure. through Dizza and all those guys. Yeah, for sure. Peach Fuzz crew. Shout out to them. Shout out to everyone listening in Miami. Actually, I love Miami. So do I. I've I've been dying to head back there. <laughs> we do. We do too. That's where that's where the party's at right now, from what I hear. <laughs> like the rest of the world's in a pa- pandemic, and they're all like, "Oh, Carbone just opened. We should go." Um, <laughs> that's kind that, of how Miami's like, always been, though. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Of course. It is. I mean. Did you have you so you guys just opened back up though like a week ago two weeks yeah, ago but but not properly though like we just opened you're allowed to now eat outside so so there's lots of optimistic British people like shivering in the streets trying to eat the <laughs> trying to trying to make the best of drinking a pint in the street um although I have to say that this week the weather just turned so it's going to be all right but apparently from June 21st apparently it's all going back like clubs restaurants everything so we'll see. 
Where are you? You in LA? Yeah, we're we're both in LA, but I've been in New York, and New York feels pretty good, honestly. Like because the weather changed, same thing, and like it just feels better. Yeah, I think people's moods are starting to lift. No, oh, 100%, 100%. Did the did have you hit the pub though? Did you brave it like the rest of your countrymen, or are you you good? No, I haven't actually. I went I went to a restaurant for the first time since December on <sighs> Saturday, and that was like that was a blessing. <laughs> I was I was. I was happy to go there. No, I haven't actually been to a pub yet. Are you a pub guy? I don't know if you seem like a big pub guy. Not really. No, I mean, like, in, in this country, you're sort of either a pub guy or a club guy, and you can guess where I spent most of my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but, like, but you know, then again, having a drink outside, it's, you know, it's good. It's a good social vibe. I don't, I definitely am not going out on June 21st. No, no, no. June no, 21st no. in the United Kingdom, that's going to be, like, ambulances lining the street <laughs> no I, I think you're right i think you're right do you feel under socialized though no i mean we all feel way under socialized like i haven't seen anyone for like a year i haven't been traveling you know bear in mind that my life used to basically be like yeah it wouldn't be un, unusual to take four flights in a week or whatever you know it's like i don't even mean that in some flash way i mean it in a sort of gross way like <laughs> sort of really it's like really like carbon footprint like just everything you <laughs> yeah, know what I mean yeah. like body clock it, it does a number on the body yeah man and so you know having I went to Paris for a week in January but apart from that I've I've been in England since April 2020 and that is without any question the longest time I've spent in this country since I was a kid probably. did you hit the did you hit the countryside or anything get some fresh air or were you like in the city? yeah a couple, couple of times yeah a couple of times but I'm in the city so you know like I'm with the Londoners most of us like you know, unless you've got like the country house or whatever, it's not that easy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> because there's no places you can't go and stay at places. Everything's shut. But we did when things opened up. Yeah, I hate to we, assume. We, I thought yeah. you might. I'm, I thought you might have a country there, house. Bro. That's I'm why nearly, I was saying I'm that. Nearly there. I'm nearly there. <laughs> Give me a few more years, and um, I'll I'll have my like Range Rover and like Hunter wellies and shotgun and all of those British <laughs> cliches. Um. <laughs> Does the country life appeal to you, though? Or you, because it doesn't appeal to me at all. Like everybody in New York gets a house upstate, and I'm like, that just seems boring to me. No, it definitely appeals to me. I think it's an age thing, but it doesn't appeal to me as a full time gig. It appeals to me as an option. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know what I mean, so it, it appeals. I love nature. I love being in the green. And the older I get, the more, you know, it's like the cliche of everyone, right? The more and more and more you need that. And also, I'm such an urban kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I grew up here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not like I grew up in the country and then moved to the city and then like I I've never known that so it's like a life that I've been learning as I get older it's not something that I grew up with with it in me like how to be how to have one of those houses that had central heating off the fire or whatever do you know what I mean and all that kind of <laughs> stuff like that's a real thing you know and and um and I love it so I, I actually have a house that I've always dreamt like that I see this house all the time when I go to a certain place and I'm like one day one day I'll have like the Arga stove and the sort of fire and mm-hmm. you know that whole thing, but um, no, I'm a I'm a Londoner, so I've grown up here. It's what I know. I'm such a city kid. And and to your point, the weird thing is what this has made me realize is that I probably know more about other cities around the world than I do about my own country when it comes to rural like countryside stuff. So I know more about L.A. and New York and Paris and <laughs> Rotterdam or amsterdam than i than i do about towns in england 
Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. One day, one day, when you when you come to England next time, maybe I'll have the country pile. I would like that. I I've always wanted to go, and I've I've always just never had time when I'm there. And a buddy of mine just bought a house there. No, it's beautiful. English countryside is beautiful. Like when, especially places like Somerset, Dorset, Cornwall. Like these places are beautiful. You know, you've heard of Glastonbury, obviously, mm -hmm. where Glastonbury happens is not far from Stonehenge, and that whole part of the UK is there's something really magic about it. It's basically it's the it's the real Lord of the Rings, you know. It's that whole vibe. Mm -hmm. it's like yes, yes, there's yes, something, yes. there's some ley line action going on there that's off the charts. You know, it's like it's a special part of the of the world actually. So that's where I recommend you check out if you if you want to go to. What is your country look like? What do you? I mean, what is the? <laughs> how does it change? The first thing you know? the first thing to recognize about a country look someone like me is that i'm all straight away i'm an imposter so like <laughs> okay I can, okay like you know of course i fantasize about because obviously we're like there's so there's so much class issues in the uk so obviously i fantasize yeah. about I've read that. having having the country pile <laughs> with the as i said with the range and the wellies and the and the and the dogs and whatever but it's just not a life that i've come from yeah but it's definitely something i could get into <laughs> <laughs> But, um, no, I mean, my country country look is practical, bro. You got to, I mean, it's always, you know, I'm thinking, actually, no, when I went to the country a couple of weekends ago, I was like, sort of like ACG, it's that vibe. <laughs> it's like Errolson Hugh ACG, Errolson Hugh era ACG, ACG tactical wear. That's my vibe. You're going tactical. See, I would go a little, I think I would go a little more, a little more barber wellies. I feel like that is which way I would lean. Um, yeah, which, but that's know. what I'm saying. Unless they're absolutely battered, unless your wellies are battered, your barber's <laughs> battered, you just look like a tourist. It's <laughs> a good point. Good tip. Good tip. Or an imposter, because like that's that's what I would do. But you look like you're trying to do the look rather than really being the look. Yes, I mean? live it, live it, live it. But yeah, I understand. So you would go. You you have a closet full of Errolson era ACG, so you're good to go on that. <laughs> no, it's not just that. You know, like a little <laughs> fleece, and you're good. Dress practical. Mm -hmm. Like it's all about practical. You know. And uh, and breathable fabrics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get some mesh supreme. Yeah, for when you're having a cast. I think I would go maybe Arteryx probably. You know, even though that there's, feels there's a, city. There's, that, a lot, that... there's a lot of that going. No, no, that's the original. That's there's a lot of going. A lot of that going on out there. Like there's in the countryside. There's definitely a lot of you know sixty and seventy year olds wearing that and not realizing that it's actually very cool. You know of the of the time sort of thing. That's what kids are are wearing while they're tagging freeway bridges and <laughs> and smoking Basically. smoking speed. Something like that. <laughs> Benji, are, do you come from a graffiti background? I feel like you must have dabbled at some point. I don't really. I'm I'm more of a of an admirer. Like everyone of my age, I probably grew up. You know, tagging every school book and dreaming of having a tag and tagging everything in sight in your <laughs> possession but no i never i never wrote i was never up in london you know what i mean i was yeah. like always always looking at the people that were up and like always being on trains especially my dad uh used to live in south london and i'd get the train to his on the network southeast every weekend and there were always when the train pulled out of like london bridge particularly and there was a couple of stations where there was like people were legendary you know mm -hmm. and you'd see all of that and you'd see different people up in different parts of town and stuff so i used to follow it 
not even like a scene, just like as like an like an observer. You need to check on your cat or your dog back there. Yeah, hold on one second. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> When's the when did you go to New York for the first time? Maybe ninety seven. Maybe ninety seven. You take the Concorde from London to New York, and then yeah, and what are we? What, what are we? What are we doing? Are we there to DJ? Are we there to hang out? What's the What's the reason for the trip? He's there to find Wu Tang. <laughs> but understand, like my generation, New York was mecca. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like like mecca of so many things, and and also beyond that, like a sister city. I think that you know the city that you're mm. in. Right now, you're talking to me from I've grown to love and I've grown to understand and explore, but you can't just land there and know it. I, you know, the first time I went to the West Coast, I felt like an alien. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's mm. it's so unfamiliar and different. But if you're from London, you know, in that era going to New York, obviously you go with respect for the fact that it is a very different place. But there's a lot of similarities in terms of energy. To me, I just it was love at first sight with me in New York. You know, I had a, a love affair that still goes on now, but obviously in that period. I was lucky to see what New Yorkers would probably say the end of the window, but like it was still New York, New York. You know what I mean? Everyone has their end of the window, you know, depending on how old you are. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, no, but everyone has their version of it, right? Everyone has their version of it. And my version of it was like that 90s New York thing, being able to go there and go to places like Vinyl to see Body and Soul, Joe Clazelle, Danny Crivet, um, you know, Francois Kevorkian. Uh, going to Roots, Louis Vega, you know, going to be able to go and see Kenny Dope. My first ever gig was for Bobito at APT. Um, you know, at Bob, Bobito, i got to say shout out to Bob because he gave me my first ever gig in New York. And then uh, playing for the giant step parties there. I used to, you know, kind of live at APT basically and DJ there a lot. So that that era was very special. Yeah, and you'll be out here in LA for Coachella, not this year, but next year. You you said you felt like a, a bit of an alien when you first started coming out out to LA. No, I'm talking a long time ago. I'm talking like twenty you know twenty years ago. But obviously, how has that changed over time? Well, the city's just radically different. You know, the the DNA of the city's the same, obviously. But LA is like you're as likely to run into New Yorkers, Londoners, Berliners, mm-hmm. whoever in LA. You know, it's it's an international hub culturally speaking and musically speaking obviously it's like where so many of the best players in the world are doing sessions every day and it's where magic can happen in sessions because you'll be at a studio and then it'll be like someone will just pull up you know in london and new york it's more like oh this this is scheduled this is the producer this is what's happening in la it's just amazing how anyone could rock up yeah i love that i love la so much for that i love la full stop actually i always have an amazing time there it's just la is a long form place london and new york are quick places like you could go to new york for a weekend going to la for a weekend is you're not going to get much done Mm -hmm. you know what i mean you need long you need you need longer there right you do it's not enough no i i would agree i would agree but i love la so much man i mean like I, i i you know my whole 20s i was like flirting with moving to new york and then, you know, around 2013, 14, 15, I was, I was, you know, pretty close to thinking about moving to, to where you're at now. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was, it's, it's, it's been a very close thing, but it's basically been based around uh, the radio, being here for the radio. And now I feel like you can do the radio from remotely and stuff, but, but that wasn't the case before. Well, you, you don't feel like it. You've been living proof that you could do it remotely for the last year. Exactly. Which I guess is it's exciting and scary. Well... When uh, so around that time when you were starting to flirt with the idea of maybe living in L.A., that was like when like the L.A. big music festival rave, you know, electro explosion thing was going on here. 
what did what did like the real you know I, I consider you to be like a you know a very well respected music head what did you think of the LA world when you first started seeing it blow up out here because I don't think that I mean whenever I'd bring European DJs out it was just kind of like what the fuck is going on here bro like this is not <laughs> this is not how you do it <laughs> no I think I think there was a lot of really beautiful energy about it but how i would describe it is like non-integrated as in the fact that there were loads of scenes that i would appreciate on their own like the downtown party scene that was happening at the time the sort of semi-legal warehouse scene that was going on and then obviously you've got west hollywood and people that go to like bar marmont and then you've got people that go to things downtown and then you've got people you know mm. i mean i don't need to tell you but then it was even more separate so the people that i knew that would go to a certain scene of things wouldn't go to the other thing. Oh yeah. You know what I mean, like, and, and so that's what I felt like. I felt like it was quite, no, it was cool. I mean, I played some of those things. They were great. Yeah. I mean, I guess more so like when you come, like if you did like a hard festival or like, you know, one of those big music festivals. Oh, oh hard, that's diff. That's different. Okay. Man. That's like EDM. <laughs> that's like, that's like EDM borders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe not even borders. You know, no, that's not borders. That's full in. Yeah. That's jumping yeah. into the deep end. No, I thought you were talking about like the warehouse parties in LA at that time and stuff like no, that. I'm not. I'm not talking about getting a glass of champagne with with Tomas at Chateau. I'm talking about the the real <laughs> shit. No, I know. I thought you were talking about like the downtown, like the lift and those parties that oh, I was yeah. doing at the time, which okay. were cool. Um, which is no, cool. No, the EDM explosion in America. That was a that was a completely different thing. That's not what I'm talking about. That's like. Mm-hmm. You know that, but I was really, really grateful for going to that particular hard fest because you know when you have an idea of what you think something's going to be like, mm-hmm. and then it's like a hundred million times to the power of that. I mean, when I played hard fest for the first time, like first of all, big up people that do it because the hospitality is amazing. They were all very gracious and kind and really cool. Mm-hmm. And big up Gary. I was DJing in an air hangar to 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 people that definitely didn't know what I do. Yeah, you know what I mean, and that. And obviously that's that's like a in, really interesting challenge because at a festival like that, people go to, it's it's more like shows. They're not going to hear DJs. So They're going to go watch DJs, not listen to them. Yeah. When I finished, I, I thought I was in, I was basically, that a friend of mine was there, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, do you want to go to the main stage? And I was like, oh, I thought this was the main stage. <laughs> and then he was like, no. Nah. He was like, no, no, no. That's because I thought all of these air hangers were sort of the same size, right? And he goes, oh, yeah. And, no, they were. They were all there. You know, you've been there, I'm sure. But then he goes, no, no, no. This, the main stage is here. So we walked for like 10 minutes. And then it's like a ba- baseball stadium. <laughs> you know, and I watched these kids. And when I say kids, I don't mean it as in, ah, oh, the kids. I mean, literally kids. Basically, the outfits that day were... <laughs> If you are like as a generalization, the trend at that time was basically like if you're a girl, you're wearing like a bikini, but with like lingerie. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like a bikini, but like with with hold up stockings or something. Okay, you know what I mean? That that kind of thing or or like that tape, like reflective tape (laughs) on the nipples or. You know that. I have no that, idea what you're yes, talking about, yes, Benji. Yes. No idea what you're talking about. But Gary, carry on. No, no. I'm, I, this is. This, it was like I was like, what is? You know, kind of in a, but in a kind of circusy way. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It was almost, it was like a kind of, it wasn't. It was a twisted carnival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of vibe. Thank you. Cirque du Soleil or something, right? And the, the more reflective the tape, the less likely they're going to know who, who Benji B is, probably. <laughs> no, but I mean, and then, and then the boys, yeah. right? The outfits for the boys was basically no top. Mm-hmm. but with a GoPro stuck to their chest. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And then I watched, I can't remember, actually I can't remember who's playing, but I'm not going to say. And and, uh, <laughs> and I remember watching it and I'm saying all of this like as an observer, not, not in any judgment whatsoever. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm just telling you what I saw, right? It's like, and it was, and it was a great epiphany for me because it made me really at peace with the whole thing. Because at, in one moment, I suddenly realized that the problem that we all have, when I say we, is like DJs that have grown up in clubs or people that think, oh, basically, I'm just going to say this. The epiphany that I had was realizing that not a single one of the people of these like 10,000 people or however many it was had ever been to a nightclub. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think, that there's, I think that there's something as well. I think that you could get in there at 18 I think 18 and up parties and then 21 and up parties. And there's a big difference between the two. Yeah. Which basically means that in the States, you know, if you're 18, you haven't been to a club because you have to be 21. Right. So it's like, so when I saw these guys DJing and, and they're just waiting for the drop and they go crazy and they film and then, and then they just get bored and wait for the next one. Mm-hmm. It was great for me because I suddenly understood that actually the difficulty people have is they're like, Oh, but this isn't DJing or this isn't like in the lineage of, DJ culture and oh look how badly it's gone wrong you know this lineage that mm-hmm. we respect so much whether it be Levan or Ron Hardy or Frankie or or on the other side like Flash or Herc or Grand Wizard Theodore whoever like these masters that we uphold as the pioneers of the culture that we belong to it's like what what's going on there is nothing to do with that you know what I mean it's to do with something else and that thing is totally fine yeah and that that was like a a magic epiphany it's like no one here needs to know who larry heard is and it doesn't matter it's like that's for a different world and different scene this is about like a performance Mm -hmm. where it's the same thing as going to see your favorite artist on stage and it's not about djing or club culture and i'm totally at peace with that and it was a great experience so big up hard festival those original hip-hop djs you were just naming i'm sure when like you know 50 cent or jay-z or eminem first came out that generation is like what the fuck is this and now so much time has passed that we are of that age of like, you know, what are the, what are these damn triple X tentaciones doing? <laughs> no, I, you know what? I, I don't totally agree because I, I, I don't have I mean, you're right. Of course, you're right. But I don't have that feeling about the reason I'm saying that with mm-hmm. an amazing with a, a degree of wonderment is yeah. because I don't have that gene in me. I don't have that gene in me of like, oh, these <laughs> 16 year old djs don't know what they're doing i'm the opposite i'm like show me where the 16 year old djs are that's who i want to listen to Mm -hmm. you know i mean i'm 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 that school i'm not like oh they don't make them like they used to my radio show is actually about just playing 100 percent new music pretty much you know with a couple of foundation things thrown in so i don't go to things with that attitude ever but i found the extreme the extreme edm thing Mm -hmm. in america is a different thing that's just something fascinating to watch as a bubble mm-hmm. and as a business and you know i just meant that i like a lot of people struggle to find the line between the sort of like lineage of like club music and what that is basically mm. and as soon as you surrender to the fact that it's not necessarily mm-hmm. <laughs> there connected <laughs> yeah even yeah, though yeah. it is even though they, they're using cdjs and 
whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's there's still drums happening. Yeah, it's like watching you know some old timey wrestling versus WWF. They're doing the same thing, but they're completely yeah. different. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is like detach yourself from the snobbery around it. Like I'm not being. Um, it's not snobby. You know, I don't feel snobbish about it at all. It's just interesting to me to observe how I can fit into that thing. Because you asked to me like. What was it like DJing? And the answer is fucking weird. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because it was like, because I was doing my thing, because I can't, I haven't got a different setting. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to do my thing regardless, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And it was, and it was cool that they had me on to do that and watching how people interacted with it. And, and I liked it. But what a wild time. I mean, I'd love to hear your perspective on that time because obviously things like, what's that mad festival that I would love to go to just to be a fly on the wall, the one that's like the, edc or whatever yeah edc oh yeah and, yeah uh, yeah that looks in vegas bonkers. same yeah same vibe yeah, but i mean i i had the same experience as you even though i'm from la and i know all those people and i would play some of the similar music but i would have a similar situation where i'd be playing on a smaller stage or an earlier er, earlier time of the day and it would be a bunch of people who are like everyone's nice and dancing and stuff like that but nobody is you know everyone's kind of looking over their shoulder like all right when's the uh when's the real shit gonna go on and it is hard to get, you know, like a proper party going at two in the afternoon. Yeah, that's probably when I was playing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I've got some very good friends in the city where you live. In fact, a lot of my friends moved there. Half of my friends are there. Really? So, yeah, I, I love LA, man. I, I, you know, it's just too comfy. <laughs> like it's too, it's too comfy. Do you know what I mean? How do you do, how do you do with the sun, Benji? What, what are you trying to imply? <laughs> I mean- <laughs> I'm just I'm just asking. The British aren't known for sun worshiping the way that the way that Californians are. So oh, I'm just no, trying to. We, under- we we definitely worship the sun. We just don't get any of it. Mm-hmm. We, I see, we, I understand. Know, I understand. We, we're like <laughs> you want to talk about worshiping the sun. I think it was like you know I I was walking around yesterday with a fleece on and someone was had shorts and a t shirt and flip flops. You know, it's mm-hmm. like <laughs> English people are so optimistic about. The slightest bit of sun, people have got barbecues out and they're shivering. You know, yeah, we will do this. <laughs> but, um, it's not so bad. I'm gonna try and change these headphones because, like, I can actually, you know, you know what it's like. You know what it's like when you can't really concentrate because you can either hear yourself. When I was listening to myself talk, then it was like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's through the headphone, great. you know. That's not great. So you feel like you just went and took a piss during the middle of a four-hour set, and you came back and you're like, all right, I can do another eight. <laughs> That is exactly how I feel. No, no, I feel, no, I feel, I feel actually, to- I actually feel one stage even better than that. I feel like basically you realized that the set hadn't started yet. Oh. Like you were, you were kind of off, you were a bit off because you needed to go toilet and then you put on a really long fella cootie record mm-hmm. and you were like, okay, this has got at least 13 minutes yeah. left on it. I'm going to go through the crowd, go to the bathroom, and then you come back and you're like, right, okay. Mm-hmm. I know what I needed to do. The guy in the stall next to me gave me a bump. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> I am I am speaking for myself. I mean, I guess as a, not, as a national... Not, <laughs> not, not really over here, but yeah. But I mean, whatever your equivalent of that is, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. do your thing. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, Jason, some people just splash water on their face and give themselves a little pep talk in the mirror mm-hmm. and just run back out there. You know what no, I mean? More, I don't know more like you... they think, shit, the record's running out. I better <laughs> run back to I better it. hurry. I wanted to ask you about, about being a... What, what, what's I think the name the... of the podcast, by the way? <laughs> it's called How Long Gone. How Long Gone. And what's, what's, the, what's the central theme of the podcast? You haven't even given me like the whole spiel, intro shit, nothing. There isn't really one. There's no... So basically, basically, we do three episodes a week, 
Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then we have a music show on Spotify on Saturdays where we listen to new music and talk about it, uh, just you know, similar to how you do it. Wait a second, you do three podcasts a week? Three a week, yeah. That's right. That's cool. We've been doing it for a little bit over a year, and we're on episode 173, you will be. Congratulations, that's very cool. I'm going to listen to Thank what, you. If, you. if you had to pick like um, a beginner's guide where you're like, okay, here are the three essential essential hot ones episodes to listen to either either because they were like um either because they sum up the vibe of what you're doing or because they were like vintage which ones do i go to i think the episode with phoebe bridgers is a really popular one that kind of sums up our energy on it pretty well um yeah uh, i'm sure you know Jacques green the dj he he had a pretty uh, a really good episode recently Jacques green yep yeah I love I love him. Great man. guy. He he. T- I yeah, did a gig great. in um. Obviously he's from Montreal, but I I he, I did a gig in Toronto, and he turned up like with smuggled in all this like rare natural wine, <laughs> and just came and just he he kind of like I was playing like a carnival set in Toronto, and he basically just like sommelier the DJ booth. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that is nice. That is nice. Yeah, Jacques was good. Yeah, I mean, those are two good ones. Lunas was good. Jeremy O'Harris was good. Yeah, Lunas was actually quite good. I love Lunas. Yeah, Lunas really, Lunas really blew our minds. That that man is—he's got a lot of interests. You know what I mean? He's got a lot of—he's got a lot of hobbies. Lunas has got beautiful energy. A lot of time for that guy. We talk to a lot of people who are like writers, people in the fashion world. You know, the the musicians are actually pretty low on the. We we know our place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you guys are good for. <laughs> We know we know we know our place in the in the in the cultural pecking order, don't worry. No, um, no, no, no. No, I'm just kidding. So this one, obviously, now that we've started properly, you can cut out all the everything we just did. We'll start now, <laughs> and this will definitely be like another vintage one for sure. Right? Oh yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that unfortunately that's not how it works. But sure, yeah. I mean, whatever, whatever, whatever you want, whatever you want. We can whatever do a combination want. of both old world and new world. Not to have a wine reference, but it'll be there'll be before death and after before Christ after death. Chef TJ will be able to cut it up in the lab and produce something that everyone will want to listen to. You know what I mean? Don't don't fear. You're in good hands. Well, I know I really wanted to ask you, though, about the being a musical director in fashion and what that means, because I think that's like a, a, a thing people see, but they might not understand what what you're actually doing. And I know that I know that you did it at Celine um, and, and now you do it with Virgil at, at Louis Vuitton. So I think that if you could explain what that actually entails, um, that would be I think that would really be enlightening to people. Oh, man. Well, I think I think the honest truth is that it probably entails um, something unique in every different situation. Mm. I know that's not the simple answer you were hoping for, but that's the truth, you know? It's like, it, it obviously is going to change radically depending on the context who of where you are and, and who you're working with. It's, for me, it's always about the connection with the individual, that is to say, the creative director. So it's like, if you look at it with the equivalent of football, for example, um, or soccer, as you might say. Um, <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, Don't come for us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, uh, just fact. It's like the same thing. It's like connecting with a manager rather than necessarily the club. You know, it's like mm. I'm, I'm sort of, all, I'm always connecting with the creative director somewhere. It's not usually the company that's employing me. It's usually the individual mm-hmm. um, to come and work with them. A bit like you, you know, with with what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, well. sure. Yeah, and so um, you're not talking to the owner of Louis Vuitton every day. You're talking to Virgil. Yeah, so it's like I'm, I'm more in the creative sort of sphere obviously um it being music and i think 
you know, my job is really just to be able to hear what it should sound like based on an infinite number of factors. <laughs> you know, obviously, <laughs> ov ov obviously, those factors being including, most importantly, collection, mm -hmm. theme, reference, context, set, date, month <laughs> of the year, season, cast, individuals, stuff that we're into at the time, uh, moments in kind of like cultural life that we're living, you know. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like an indescribable con cocktail of things that, that, that feed into this pot that ends up as a soundtrack, you know. And my work with different people has varied, you know. For the most part, I've, it's been pre-recorded music that I've put together either as a soundscape or sound design or even sometimes like a little DJ set. Whereas the work that I do with uh, Louis Vuitton men's is uh, always live. So we, we're usually dealing with, um, you know, that that's our kind of manifesto for these shows is that it's always live music bespoke done for the shows. And so far, you know, we've been blessed to work with um, everyone from, you know, Miss Lauren Hill through to Bad, Bad, Not Good mm -hmm. through to Cybertron, you know, managing to get my heroes on the set, you know, Juan Atkins, mm -hmm. all the way through to working with, you know, some of the best players in London through to more recently with Saul Williams and, and Yassin. So Well what yeah. what I'm you just you just listed off twenty different, you know, variables or things to consider when you're putting a collection a soundscape together or whatever. Yeah. Is that a, is that a process where you just kind of look at it and absorb it all and then things just start coming to you or do you have like more of an actual strategy of like how the whole thing is shaped out? Do you have a process or is it just an epiphany that comes to you? Let's say if someone's designing uh, a couch or a t-shirt or mm -hmm. an album cover they might start with a, a mood board with loads of things pinned to the wall as inspiration they might not be sampling directly from those things but they might and they might be and they might you know like it's kind of the same with music it's almost like ideas get narrowed down and narrowed down and narrowed down and sometimes the idea that you end up with is not even the thing that you use but it's the thing that sends you down the right road to find the right thing mm -hmm. you know so it's like a process it's a, it's a real process and often the jump off point can be to do with the set or the environment it's hard to explain it i mean the blessing about working at louis vuitton men's is the fact that virgil is as much of a music fan as i am i love working with people that are fluid enough to be fluid enough to be able to do that as in to get out of the way of the best idea those are the people i love the most no matter what their field doesn't matter what their creative field is it doesn't matter it's like I practice like non-attachment to ideas in everything that I do. And it's really hard sometimes, mm -hmm. creatively speaking, because whether you're emotionally invested in an idea or you've time invested in an idea or you think it's a good idea or whatever, but actually when you work at the highest level on anything, whether it be a great album or a great movie or whatever it might be, you have to like have non-attachment to every idea that got you to the right idea. Even if you're ripping something up and starting again, it was a crucial component to getting to where you end up, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, like, you have to be willing to do that a lot of the time. And obviously, then there's the technical part, which is you're pinning something to an ever-moving target. So I might make a piece of music that's 14 minutes, and then suddenly the show is actually nine and a half minutes, <laughs> you know? And you've lost two two songs or whatever it might be, or it might work the other way around. You know, we love it. Right. But you've you've got the experience of of the years of being in the club DJing where uh, you know anything that could go wrong goes wrong. Man. So when those moments happen to you now in this life, you're, you you don't freak out, you don't panic. You, I, you just... I I try and tell everyone all the time, man. It's all DJing. Yeah, like it's all. 
that's what it all is. It's like whether it's the radio, whether it's music for film, TV, fashion, curating something, it's doing a playlist, it's all DJing, it's all understanding context, like when to play the record or like why something should be played at a certain time and why it would sound terrible at another time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> how to read the room. You know, all of that stuff, it's like, it's DJing. It's, it's the university of DJ. Basically. Yeah, and, and as much of a bad rap that as DJs get, kind of being a laughing stock for a lot of jokes, you know, there's a lot of amazing <laughs> well, life. Well, we, we, defi- we definitely deserve that too. <laughs> we do, yeah, we do to a certain extent, but it's also important to have the gratitude of like a lot of real life lessons were taught to us Luckily, we were being paid to learn those lessons while getting, you know, hammered off of Red Bull and vodkas or whatever. But, you know, you learn a lot about... (laughs) Speak for yourself. You you learn a lot about people and how they interact and, you know, emotion and moments and timing that you you simply cannot learn without that experience. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, I saw this photo, the Blue Note in London, which was a club I went to a lot when I was a kid, probably around that same time that I first went to New York. And... um, in that exact era of my life, a lot of my friends went off to university and then I went to that university, you know, <laughs> yeah, I went yeah, to that yeah, university yeah, yeah. of studying like nightlife. And I think that I understand why a lot of people think nightclubs because their reference of nightclubs is maybe sitting in a corner, you know, behind a velvet rope and having bottles brought to you in a club that's playing like top 40 records. There's nothing wrong with that, but mm-hmm. that's just not what my experience was. You know what I mean? So I think that I understand when people say, oh, wow, you devoted your life to nightlife. It wasn't that for me. My my thing was, it was about music. It was about like going, the process of discovery with music was from going to clubs when I was a kid. I've just done a compilation that's basically about that. It's about like celebrating what clubs do and how clubs can have their own anthems, you know. I mean, it's relevant to what we're talking about. This is not like a ham-fisted plug. <laughs> this is not. This is not like the QVC section. Um, but, but, but like, no. But it's it's relevant to what we're talking about because like all good residencies generate their own sort of mini scene, right? And they generate their own classics mm-hmm. that the regulars like to hear. Sure. And any good club. sometimes in a good club, yeah. And so in 2007, I started my residency in London. It's called Deviation. Actually, we had a residency at Output in New York as well later on. Like um, I remember that. And we did a couple in Berlin and Paris. But basically, we did it every month in London for 10 years straight. And I mean, it's we've been doing them sort of every few months, like in the last three years. And then obviously, you know what happened in the last year. But, mm-hmm. you know, the idea of a club residency is what I grew up on, right? And this is by no means... Like uh, one of my friends, A-Side, who lives in L.A., mm-hmm. always says always says uh, that Sopranos line, remember when is the lowest form of conversation. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so... Which has been replaced by, are you watching anything on Netflix now? Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to be the remember when guy, you know, because <laughs> I generally like to look forward. But it is, it is important to recognize with what you're talking about that, you know, an, a, a sort of like the formative part of my education was going to people's residencies, right? So a residency is obviously when you travel the world DJing, but you always come back to play at your club. So for example, that would for uh, a period before I was old enough to go out, before my time would have obviously be the most famous would be something like Levan at the Paradise Garage Mm -hmm. or Frankie Knuckles at wherever. I mean, you know, like... Calvin Harris at Hakkasan in Vegas. The list goes on. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, but that is a residence. Yeah, or or, or like yeah, um, no, no, for sure. Or like David David Geta <laughs> David Geta at Pacha once you know the first Saturday of every you, month. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you 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 might mock it, but that is a residence. No, no, no. Oh, for sure. No, no, no. We're just defining it was a, the term. It was a mock and a praise. I love the music of Calvin. Don't those, worry. Those, those, you know, there, there is something to be said for that, like holding down a residency, whatever level it is, who, whatever genre it is, mm-hmm. you know. And like, so the idea that if I was in New York, I knew I'd be able to go to vinyl on a Sunday. That, that idea of being able to hold down a monthly or weekly club night where you're sort of um, sharpening your own toolbox, you know, because that's, that's the testing ground where you're playing the new stuff the stuff that you've been listening to during the week, in my case, some of the stuff I was playing on the radio. And so I always wanted to have a residency. And, and, and so in 2007, I started one, I called it deviation and it rapidly had its own sort of like almost musical DNA, you know, its own musical sort of like identity. It was almost like a genre in a way, but that genre spans so many different genres. So yeah, so you can listen to it on Spotify now. It's like, it's called Deviation Classics. And some of the tunes might be really abstract to you because they're just, they might be like B-sides, 12 inches, album cuts, whatever, but they were big in the club, right? And I wanted to make it all independent music and all music that came out in the lifespan of the club, apart from the two sort of crate digger tunes which are at the end but that's also part of the dj thing is knowing when it's the right moment to like revive a tune when it's the right Mm. moment to step off a tune like when a tune's been too rinsed and you've got to give it a rest for a bit you know it's like Mm -hmm. you sort of um that's part of part of the culture of it anyway deviation classics go check it out it's available on Bandcamp. (laughs) and um (laughs) what uh just just quickly, uh, just this is a little aside, but I, I like to ask all of our um, British guests this question, but are, are Oasis or Blur? Yes, we like tea. <laughs> yes, the weather's shit. And football is football. Um, <laughs> Who do you support really quick? Well, my entire life I've supported a team called Arsenal up until today. <laughs> oh, I heard about this news, this, this big news today. Oh, they're today. joining the, 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 super, the, they, the super Federation. The Super... Yeah, man, it's... it's 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 a really it's you're talking to me on a very very deep day it's like this is it's deep bad day to be a gunner it's a bad day to be a football fan <laughs> my condolences you know because the thing is about the thing is about arsenal is it's a bit like um you know there's a similarity right with clubs like manchester united and liverpool these clubs that have this incredible history in the game mm-hmm. you know like when you put aside rivalries and and competition you know there's a great deal of respect for the history of the clubs that I just mentioned, just like people respect Real or Barca or, or Bayern. Yeah, whether you're like the Rolling Stones or Zeppelin, whatever, you're, you're going to respect them. Yeah, and and today, you know how you always think, oh yeah, my, our clubs like got class, you know, they would never do such and such. And it's like, actually, you know what? It's a new day. They've all got like billionaire owners that don't really give a shit about the fans. Yes. And so I think... I don't, I don't know. Well, let's not get into it on the podcast. But what the news that broke today was that basically this Super League is forming, which is a closed non. Yes. It's basically like turning it into like the Harlem Globetrotters show game. Do you know what I mean? Or, or like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, totally. Uh, and, it's not competition. What's the point? Yeah, everyone like, loves to the watch the Harlem Globetrotters. It's not. It's not that. It's, it's not that the Globetrotters are, are not fun to watch. It's like everyone wants to watch like the best thing or skills or whatever. I mean, maybe that's a really bad example but i'm just saying well, like it makes, it's a good, it's what's, a good what's a better american sports analogy like where you're going to watch i know what it is it's basically like the imagine that the all-star game was every weekend it's it's going to be really you know, amazing it's for not the it's, first month. it's it's no longer special yeah exactly it's like this incredible top level but non-competitive because it's basically just a money thing it's an exhibition yeah so yeah football football's in a 
in a bad place today. Anyway, you, you've you've dodged my you've dodged my question now and brought it to question? sports. My question was Oasis or Blur. You know what the realist talk man is like. <laughs> this is really not a question dodge on any level. Mm-hmm. But I was just never into either of those bands. Yeah. Oh my god, this is unfucking believable. <laughs> this is unbelievable. I, I was I can't believe I'm so man, disappointed. Like, now I like them. Now I've grown up to understand. Like not that I didn't understand. What's the better word? Appreciate. Like I've matured, Appreciate. I've, I've Appreciate. matured into appreciating like the incredible writing of Noel. You know, like yes, and, and the incredible just everything about it. I mean, there are there's one of the greatest rock bands. Same thing happened in to history. Me. But in the nineties, we were listening to like drum and bass and Wu Tang. We weren't really <laughs> listening to Britpop. My my lot my my taste like I wasn't I wasn't into it but I think if I had to pick the spirit of Oasis yes just the sort of dirty under the nail rock and roll superstar like I'm going for it I'm you know mm-hmm. there, there's something about that and and obviously the more documentaries you watch and everything it's like there's something about that that is totally irresistible you know in terms of um, yeah agreed we're going to be the biggest rock band in the world and then they were you know. And then, a, and then I'm an I'm an Oasis supporter, so that that's good to hear. Nebworth was like you know, yeah, like two hundred and fifty thousand people in England, you know, nuts. Two days in a row, was it, or was it one day? Yeah, remember. yeah. No, it was two days. It was there was some. Was I read some crazy people. stat stat where it was like a percentage of the residents of Britain were there. Yeah, like it yeah, was that many people, yeah, which yeah. is fucked up. Now, when you think about it like that, it's like, that's absolutely insane. Every third person in 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 London was there? Yeah, it's no, literally I mean, like but, that. I mean, basically, I, I appreciate what both bands do. Like, obviously, songs like Song 2 by Blur is played at every wedding and every <laughs> festival. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and likewise, you know, Wonder what I mean, it's just at the time, like, culturally, that wasn't really my... Yeah, sure. No, I get it. World. So therefore, but like my cousin, for example, my cousin Dominique, I remember going to, she lives in North of England. At that time, she lived in Bradford. Um, She didn't live in Manchester, but I remember going up to her bedroom and it being like every Oasis poster, you know, like it's, I I understand the levels because I was here. (laughs) That's why, that's why I asked, because I know you're the right age too, where you're like, you were really living through it. What are you trying to imply with that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying, (laughs) I'm trying, I'm not saying Noel and Liam are your peers. I'm just saying you were around when it was at its height. (laughs) I know. That's that's what I'm saying. Your your musical brain had developed enough to be able to speak on it. I'm just, I'm 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 totally kidding. I'm absolutely the right age. Uh, Yeah. I mean, basically that whole cool Britannia, you know, Britpop 90s thing, like our end of that was probably like Goldie. Mm-hmm. you know or yeah yeah for sure yeah he's like he's like the crossover yeah, yeah 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 it wasn't it wasn't really um so so it's a cop-out answer but it's also the truth is that i've never with all massive and due respect to the genius of both of those bands there's never really a time where i'm just going to put it on on a sunday or something you know what i mean it's just not in my musical life like that it's exactly that's exactly how i feel about drum and bass so i can relate there <laughs> i can relate there <laughs> <laughs> That was, I a good, that was an interesting sounding laugh there. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not mine. Not mine. He's heard mine enough. Yeah. Benji, thank you for joining us. This has been a pleasure. Wait, we're just getting started, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we like, don't we the don't do first these half about EDM stuff. That's getting cut out. Come on. Like give me some more questions. Oasis and Blur is your starter. Like you've got <laughs> me now. I'm stayed in my studio. I've turned the lights down. We've got the podcast going. We're finally recording it. Like what what are you doing? You've got me. Come on. Give me give me another Brit question. You've always wanted to know. 
that's that digs deeper under the surface of Liam and uh, and and um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You wrap it up if you want to wrap it up. I need an Amy Winehouse story if you have one. I mean, you know, I, I don't. don't I, you know, I, my actually, queen. You know what's you know what's funny is I actually don't because I never knew Amy. I didn't um, ever spend any time with Amy, but she basically was always down the road, and sometimes you'd see her in Camden. Um, yeah. But I didn't know her personally. But like where I am right now three minutes away from a mural of her on the on the street i mean here. she's one of my favorites and I, I i could also i guess we get into lily allen too but we only have we only have we got we only have so much time well she's in the studio upstairs so <laughs> i love i'm a we're we're big lily allen fans over here i'm waiting for her return so i feel like it's gonna come i feel like it's gonna happen soon who's a better dj mark ronson or benji b well yeah <laughs> yeah i mean obviously mark ronson i mean he's like a scratch dj no, I mean I've seen both of you guys play. I'm definitely, I definitely like watching you more than him. Damn, Team Benji. He's, he he should st- he should stick to the studio, not the uh, not the CDJs. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh man, I disagree, man. I've heard Mark <laughs> kill it. Like I, I I um you know first and foremost a DJ, and it goes back to the DJ the thing of saying it all comes from DJing, right? Mm-hmm. Like whether it be whether it be like exec producing something to know to get the right player or the right band in, or whether it be. Mm-hmm physically producing a song and playing the music yourself or knowing which drum break to take or knowing whatever it all comes from that lens of djing and like that's why mark's a genius at what he does is because he he's using you know all of those years of dj experience mm-hmm. where you know it wasn't any you know he's from that era where it's like if you weren't bringing it you were getting kicked off and so I have the utmost respect for his DJ stripes. How how many times do you hit the Q button in between in between songs? Are you a Q button <laughs> masher? I like to overly do it. Definitely a Q button abuser for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like yeah, I, 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 I I can't like I can't imagine not having the Q button. I know, right? <laughs> it's fucked up. It's essential. <laughs> but you know, you have to understand like for going for for years where like just knowing that when I press start, it's actually just going to hit one and start is amazing. Like just the cue button never gets but old. The, you know what? The, the, but yeah, just 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 to really alienate your listeners right now. The moment where they introduced that thing where you could hold the cue button and then press play and it would continue playing. Oh yeah, changed my whole world. <laughs> 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 on the on the CDJ one hundreds. People are gonna be like Q, like like Q and on. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's no. not. Yeah, it's C U E, like a like a pool Q. You know what? You laugh, but like when in the sort of height of where I probably met you at um, Winter Music Conference or something, right? Mm-hmm. In the height of that, in the sort of mid two thousands, I used to get some funny looks. You know, turning up with like CDs and playing on CDJs. And now it's just normal. Very normal. Mm-hmm. I think CDs are making a comeback now. You know, cassettes had their time. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You know, you know the compilation I was just talking about. Like, basically, we released the the pre order for the for the record and the digital, which I assumed like, okay, people are gonna, you know, buy this either as a a collectible box set thing, yeah. or yeah. or they're a vinyl thing, or they're gonna listen to it on Spotify or or a streaming service. Right. Loads and loads of people said, "Where's the CD version?" So we did a CD version. I like that. So why do you think that is? I have a few theories myself, but... I, th- I think that in this... I, I can't say as a general thing, but I could say that in this particular instance, I think it's because it's like a physical keepsake for people that don't necessarily have a turntable or don't want to spend that much money, whatever. But it's like a small 
coffee table item that's got like a little booklet in it. Mm-hmm. It's something physical. It's like a yeah. Because because the product is a sort of a keepsake product. It's a bit retrospective. It's a bit of a time capsule thing. Maybe people want something physical to something you can put on the shelf for your Zoom wall behind you. Yeah, for your Zoom wall. But you know, yeah. but if you have a cassette, you know, it, you it's a it's a process to play a cassette. But you always have a friend who has a car with a CD player or something. It's not too hard to find that. I mean, I think most people probably don't. They probably just like buy the CD and then listen to the stream or something. That's what I'll be doing. Definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely. You keep? Do you keep a car in London or are you just bicycle only? Yeah, yeah, I do. Are you, do you want to talk about the whip? I. You know what? It's it's been a long. What are we rocking with? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let's not even go there because it's going to be too long. I'm going to be speaking about it for hours. It's like it's too. You don't want to talk about cars. Yeah. He's rebuilt the G wagon by hand, so it's a little bit of a. It's been a process. No, man. If I had in, if I was in LA, I'd I could do a G wagon, but a G wagon in London is just a little bit much. No, it's it's a little bit much everywhere. I wouldn't say I would. I definitely wouldn't say no though. If, <laughs> I no, I think in, no. unless you live in Dubai, it's a little bit much everywhere in the world. I think. <laughs> no, my friend yeah, drives yeah. one in Paris, and it's just a vibe. It's like the way he whips it. It's just like he just you know it's it's great. It depends on the person and the setting and and how you drive, but. But yeah, I I know what you mean though. I just um I just borrowed a Porsche Taycan. I had to give it back. That was a sad day. How'd you like it? It's it's brand new. It was in, incredible. They they gave it to me for three weeks. What's the hashtag for that? If you want to shout it out on the pod, <laughs> what's that? I said, what's what? the hashtag that you had to use? <laughs> no, I, I, I That's the <laughs> thing. I didn't. I didn't. That's not why I'm saying it. And that's there's no payment i am not being paid i know uh there was no it's not a paid partnership at this point my influencer brain just goes there i'm sorry mr porsche if you're listening we're also willing to try out the all-new 2021 <laughs> porsche Taycan. <laughs> yeah 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 we're happy to do that fcc if you're listening we will disclose if we if we do get paid for it there's just fyi but the guy the guy that um came to pick it up you know, came and picked it up on one of those mad trucks that carries like eight yeah. cars, and you know, yeah. And um, and he came to pick it up, and he was like, "Oh, you're you you're lucky," because it was the same guy that dropped it off. I said, "Why is that?" And he said, "Oh, normally they only give these out for like forty eight hours or a day, you know." And then so I I didn't realize, but I'd had it for for four weeks. But it was like it was like being in a boat in London. Mm. You know, it was like cruising around. You know, like when you're in most cars because they just made it twenty miles an hour most of London now. <laughs> um. <laughs> Which is just, as you can well imagine, makes you feel like you're going nowhere. You know, yes. if you actually really do drive at 20 miles an hour, it's just mad slow. It's so slow. Even if you have a <laughs> shit car, I mean, let alone, yeah, but, let alone but that's, a horse. That, but that's, that's kind of what I'm saying is that in this car, like in every other car, it's just so frustrating if there's speed cameras and you're actually driving at 20 miles an hour. In this car, it was just like, <laughs> you know how like when they say about like good hi-fis, it's not. Or, or PA systems, or like a or a mad like a concert PA. It's not really mm-hmm. about what it sounds like when it's at the loudest. It's actually what it sounds like when it goes mad quiet. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's sort of the same thing with this car. You know, it's like driving it at twenty miles an hour was just as pleasurable as taking it on the motorway and sort of like mm. flooring. Well, not quite as pleasurable, but it was. It was like. Mm-hmm. It was cool. The dynamic range, although the dynamic range, although trust me, when I got out on the motorway the first night i had it i had this gig in a forest down in um south in sussex Korea farzina did this um did this radio station in the middle of a in in the forest it's amazing and so i said to porsche can i have it for that day so i can drive down in this car and so i just the guy gave me the keys and i learned how to drive it by driving on a 
what do you call it? Freeway, yeah. Yeah, that's right. What do you call and, it? Uh, and, um, highway, highway or freeway, motorway. No, it was freeway, yeah. And on the way back, it was like, I don't know, midnight, one in the morning, and it was lockdown, right? So it was like nothing. Dead, like, yeah. N- no, like, like you see one car every half an hour, that kind of vibe, right? Hopefully you put a little burial on the stereo for a, for a night like that. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Alone in the Woods, volume four. It was, it was, it was definitely... A burial moment, for sure. <laughs> and, um, Life's crazy, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> and yeah, they, 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 you know, I put it in Sport Plus mode or whatever and just floored it. And it was, let me just put it this way. It has a G-Force counter on the dash. <laughs> um, it was definitely the closest I've felt to like what astronauts feel like, you know. Yeah, so that was fun. That was a good car experience. You had to readjust the time great. on the Audemars after, after those G-Forces. <laughs> Knocked you a few minutes back. <laughs> Why is the AP? Damn. What? <laughs> but any, but anyway, I've just gone through the, like this whole thing this last year of being like, I don't know which car to get. Because I, I was leasing cars, right, for, for like three years at a time, four years at a time. I was in that classic mode of like, I'm going to get a vintage, I'm going to get like the 98 SL, you know, or I'm going to get the whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? I was, I've, I was, I went down that rabbit hole quite a few times in life. Right? This time I was like, I'm going to do it. And then they introduced this thing in London called the ULEZ, which is like the ultra low emission zone, which basically means that to own a car pre 2003, I think you basically have to pay 15 pounds a day just to have it, <laughs> 365 days a year. So unless you live in, unless you live in the country, or you're like. Mm-hmm got got so much money that you don't really so care you can't about live in the proper and, city without paying that that tax yeah, every day yeah, yeah so i was just like okay well that's long and also it's just like who's buying a gas car right now it's not the one so mm-hmm. then i had the taycan experience so i gave the last mercedes i had the mercedes and i gave that back and then i was like you know what i'm just not going to have a car for a while and so i just started cycling everywhere and that was cool and then it got cold right <laughs> and then and it got like it you know london winter cold and i was like mm. And obviously, you know, us DJs, we, we don't travel light, right? Even mm-hmm. just going from the studio to home, you're always going to have like, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You got an 808 under the arm. Exactly. Naturally. <laughs> naturally. Um, every morning. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the conclusion to this story is I bought a smart car. Ooh, what, like a little tiny one? I was looking at other cars and I was like, you know, like Mercedes, Audi, all of these cars, it's, it's like the it's in this like no man's land period right where the the technology it's like do you remember in sort of 2000 when you were like whoa he's got a plasma screen <laughs> you know yeah what I mean? yeah, yeah it or, is like, it is or, or in or in like 2002 they were like yo that flat the screen's getting seriously flat but it mm-hmm. was like still sort of six <laughs> inches thick or whatever and 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 the technology hadn't paid for itself well that's kind of where it's at in certainly in europe with electric cars like you've either got a hundred grand tesla or or mm-hmm. or or beyond or you've you know so i was like i don't really like a lot of these electric cars with the exception of the Taycan, which i love but having that experience of driving it was the first time that i'd ever driven an electric car right mm-hmm. and so once you get over the idea that when you're charging it you're not filling up the gas in five minutes but you're actually leaving it for an hour or whatever it is mm-hmm. basically i was going to to petrol station i'm going to gas stations as you would say and <laughs> i was looking at you know i'm just uh, there's no why are you shaking your head there's no mockery in this i'm just 
being um no, 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 I felt I I I'm, be, we, I'm look, being um, we know what we know what a petrol station is okay we know what the word petrol means I'm being, I'm being inclusive of both both translations no 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 that is very sweet tomato no. tomato you know soccer football mm-hmm. Chips, we were just <laughs> we, were, we were just pleased that <laughs> you were being inclusive and it was french fries, french fries. it was yeah. delightful to see thanks mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah so i was at the gas station <laughs> and um some of the gas stations here have now they have like two electric pumps and the rest of gas right and so as i was charging this porsche this taycan i was like looking at the gas pumps and it was like literally looking at a ghost you know when you're just like you know when you look at something as oh it's the future but then suddenly you realize no 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 i'm in it now this is now mm-hmm. so the idea of me buying another gas car was just or, or leasing one was just off the top so anyway i was like what do i do while i decide or if i decide to get a car that i could actually drive long distances with i'm just going to give this a go because i was going to get an electric bike to do long distance drive you know cycle and i was like no this is the electric bike mm-hmm. this little go car yes yeah that is the electric car. bike and and like every time i've been to sort of places like rome or naples or like Paris or places with tiny streets and you see people driving them, I always think, oh, the cars are for those cities, not really for London. But actually London is the same. There's like mad width restrictions everywhere. You know, <laughs> there's there's like, yeah, it's true. Like the, when I had the Porsche, I'd have to think about road to take. Yeah, streets yeah, yeah. I was going down. Obviously, it was a ter- it was such a terrible problem you know, having to <laughs> think about it. I feel for you. I feel for Our you. Our heart goes out to you, you, Benji. It, it was really painful. No, I'm just kidding. But... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is a really long answer to your question, but basically I'm trying it out and I'm loving it, man, because it's like I'm faster in that little smart car, yeah. which is 100% electric. And also it's like literally faster. And it's not faster as in the engine <laughs> it's or the or, or the battery. Or it's whatever, more efficient it, way of travel. Yeah, yeah. You can just get away. You can get around so much faster. So I'm just like, that's my that's my little thing at the moment. But, you know, hopefully by the next time I, I speak to you, I will have... um got myself a tie can or something well benji the bump the bump that you're gonna get from appearing on this podcast should really get the gigs for next year i think the festival emails are going to start coming in and we'll be in the tie can shortly definitely no I'll, I'll maybe i'll be in the maybach truck or something or the or the rolls royce truck remember us when you're in the rolly please <laughs> of course i think rolls rolls <laughs> rolls royce is definitely that's a good la car i agree with that <laughs> i agree with that Plenty of room. No one can car. argue. Because you see, the thing is, you've got to understand, right? It's about, and I know this is another thing that's hard to understand. You wanted to talk about like the nuances of Britishness with Oasis and Blur. The real thing to understand that's hard to get to explain to Americans sitting in LA, which I'm sure you will understand, is the fact that if I was to pull up outside your podcast right now in like a Porsche Cayenne, right? You know, like any car like that, you'd be like, sick. <laughs> You'd be like, uh, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be like, you, you'd be like, uh, you'd be like, that's exactly what I would say. You'd be like, sick, that's cool. You're, oh man, wicked. Oh, can I? That's cool. He, that's great. He managed to get himself. Yes, yeah, you're right. A, mm-hmm. a, 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 you know, a, a Bentley truck or whatever. That's that's great. Good for him. How lucky I am that I get to be inside of this car. Even if it was something way more humble than that, you'd just be like, yeah, cool. You wouldn't even think about it. It's LA. Pulling up in in a Porsche in London. Or, or or something more than that. English people are like wanker. <laughs> they're just sort of like <laughs> they're like they're like who does he think he is? Oh, it's so tacky. Oh, it's so over the top. Oh, why is he so flashy? There's all these things in this country that are hard to explain. You know, you're talking about guilt and shame. Is that why you keep the chain tucked even when you're in the house? <laughs> even when I'm in the house, bro. <laughs> For listeners at home, he's exposed his chain. Even, even, 
even when I'm in the house. He, it's weird. It's, it seems to, it seems to be an. It looks to be an iced out. It looks like it looks like a Ben Baller did the chain BBC logo, which is pretty crazy that you have that. This is um by my friend Othong Tai. It's actually like a custom Sagittarius chain that she does. Sagittarius Hive stand up. You have to check her her workout. She's called Othong Tai. It's spelled O T H O N. G Thai T H A I A Thong Thai A Thong Thai yeah we'll check it out wicked this is my chain and it is not tucked <laughs> damn all right let it swing baby full circle um all right benji it's, it really was a pitching really... me with some like iced out cuban link that's it's exactly like, that's the idea it's like this that's tiny, the idea. it's like this tiny tiny thing i want people um, to think that but <laughs> Uh, Benji, so what's the Benji vibe in B? LA? Is it, it was COVID? Gim, just before you go, like this is COVID's funny. People over, think, baby. Yeah, COVID. Is, yeah, COVID most is people over. here. I think like half the people here have their vaccination already, and the other half kind of stop caring about it. Um, some people are still getting COVID, but not really. Pe- people aren't really dying from it or getting seriously ill from it. Um, indoor dining is back, but I would say at like twenty five percent capacity. Outdoor dining is going on everywhere. And, you know, people still wear masks out in public, but it's a lot more relaxed. What's your favorite restaurant in um, your town? I like Persian food a lot. There's a restaurant called Rafi's that I like going to. Mm. Um, Otherwise, I mean, there's a lot of different sushi places I like here. But, you know, taco trucks, really hard to beat in L.A., but just a proper in and out is, is good enough for me. Oh, you know what I do love? This just came to me, actually, that um, that tiny French place on um petit trois yeah man mm-hmm. that's a banger it is a banger. and i went to some i went to um is it felix yeah that's for the not, pasta that's, that's, by the beach with the, the the focaccia situation that's pretty banging too. the focaccia is more than pretty banging it's an essential bread i would say it's mental my friend guillaume took me to um this korean place in that was absolutely amazing i can't remember the name of it parks barbecue there's a lot there's a there's a lot man no, it's like a little low key one. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no, I, yeah, maybe the low key, the low key Korean spots might be my true favorite. But I'm out of date. I haven't been to LA since 2019. Like, right. we're not allowed in. We're not allowed in, bro. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm like, what, what, what are we going to talk about? But then I realized that's what a podcast is. It's just us talking. And, that's right. You know, maybe there's four people left listening now. No, Benji. No, no, no. There's th- hundreds of thousands of people listening to this. I'm not exaggerating. We we don't have the, the quite CDJ. the same. We don't have quite the same bandwidth as your little BBC or whatever they call it. But people do listen to this. Okay, so let's not let's not get it twisted. But people just love, uh, you know, snapshot of just three people talking and meeting for the first time. It can be about cars. It can be about parking. It can be about music, philosophy, anything. Yeah. These people are just doing their laundry or walking their dogs, so it doesn't matter. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah, it's very important. To, it's very important to reinstate that I am one of those people. Like, I think the whole that's the whole thing about this life is that we 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 live that high low life. It's like as much smart car as it is Porsche, right? It's mm-hmm. as much uh, supermarket as it is uh, as it is uh, you know flights to wherever. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, You're when right. you talk on these things, it like you end up talking about the flash stuff because that's the stuff that's interesting to talk about. But actually, this last year has been a hundred percent domestic man a hundred percent like <laughs> walk the dog and listen to the podcast do the laundry mm-hmm. like work work out how to reinvent yourself and survive do you know what i mean it's like it's been it's been real mm, try to keep the pounds off you know what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> you do i have a problem with mayonnaise benji you understand <laughs>
hey, listen, if I lived in your town, I'd have a, pro- a problem with just like wanting. Actually, no, it's super healthy there, man. Mm-hmm. It's so much healthier there than it is here. That's true. Although, like, although when you go to buy like some eggs and bread and a juice at Air One and it's like two hundred dollars, you're like, what? We wouldn't change it a single bit. You got your little Sagittarius chain. I got my little eighteen dollar coffee. You know, way there you are. <laughs> You know what's mad about America is the fact that they charge you the eighteen dollars for the coffee, and then but then you have to tip. But you haven't been in a restaurant, and you haven't like, <laughs> like obviously, like don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying. If I go to a restaurant, even for ten minutes, I'm 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 delighted to leave a tip. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand the like the drive-through coffee thing where you also tip. Benji, you don't have to tip. When I bought this, I didn't tip them shit. Of course, you have to tip. Jason's cheap, Benji. Come on, man. They hand you they hand you the iPad and it says ten percent, fifteen percent, twenty percent, and you have to do your signature. I know how. It Look, works. I, I tip at a if I go to my local coffee shop. Of course, I'm tipping at Erewhon. I'm not tipping. Am I a bad person? Maybe. You live your life, Jason. I'm a, you know I'm a big tipper. I love to support small businesses like Erewhon. I love I love mm-hmm. tipping. <laughs> I love tipping. The one, the one that's weird though is, in, do you, have you ever seen that? Um, there's that Curb episode where where um, Larry goes back to New York after he's been living in LA for a while, mm-hmm. and 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 he goes to the hotel, and the guy's like, "This is a light switch. This is a curtain. This <laughs> oh, is yeah. a door." And then he, and he says, "And now give me twenty dollars." Yeah. So so the the deviation is in stores now. You can stream it wherever records are streamed. You can. You can find it on all the streaming platforms. You can download it digitally. You can buy the WAVs or the MP3s if you're that way inclined. Mm-hmm. Or you can um, buy a CD version or a triple, no, quadruple vinyl box. I'll be set. picking up the CD and I'll download the WAVs. Love a WAV. And then go. I think that's on all the, like, if you're a WAV guy, you can get that, like, Beatport and all those places mm-hmm. for the DJ heads that are listening. Um, we got a lot of Amazon and all of that. Mm-hmm. All those places. Um, King, it was it was a pleasure. Um, we will we will be tuning in to your show. We will check out the music. We will look for those live dates coming soon when they finally let you across the pond. Oh, by the way, for anyone that is listening, that all of that stuff wasn't a plug, but this is a plug <laughs> because I'm very happy to tell you that BBC Sounds is now available on your phone in America. Ooh. So before, so basically, you can get the BBC Sounds app. And yes, you do have to sign up once, mm-hmm. but once you've done it once, it's like you have to just put your but most people are like allergic to that, right? It's yeah. like more than one click, and it's like, no. yeah, well, but, that's um, not great. I wanna, yeah, I nobody mean, wants to create an account, but okay. no, 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 I know no one does. But yeah, once you've done that, you, my show's on every week. It's on every Wednesday, but it stays on there for four weeks after broadcast. So there's always four shows that you can listen to at any one time. So if you just go to radio, BB, if you just go to BBC Radio and type in my name, then you'll you'll find the show. Benji, at the end of every episode, we play a song, and usually I pick it, but I think... No, 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 no. You pick it. What are you going to pick? We can't tell you. I mean, you're the selector. I mean... But uh, basically, I listen to the whole episode. I go in, I edit it, I make us all sound smart and funny, and I give us that perfect Larry David comedic timing, (laughs) and then just like a true selector, I, I find the perfect song and then add it to the end of the episode, so... Only, only, only God knows what's going to happen. Excellent. But it'll be inspired by our conversation. Don't worry. I'm looking forward to hearing it, man. I'm looking forward to making it. Well, Benji, thank you so much for taking the time. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for the invitation. I hope it's been interesting. It has. Oh, of course. And and don't work. Don't work too hard. Don't stay in the lab too late. Okay. I, I don't. You know. I'm, I'm, I want you to I'm get here, some I'm rest. I'm here for you. Just know that I'm here for you. <laughs> thank you. The dead ass. Yeah. Check out. Check, check out Benji B. BBC Radio One. I've always wanted to say that. Um, <laughs> oh, we need a drop, Jason. We need a drop. We need. This is Benji B. You're listening to How Long Gone. You know when you do interviews with like 
certain people and they're like, okay, let me tell And then they're like really mellow and they kind of go, so um, what are the details? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just let me know when you're ready. And they go, Yo, you listen to what we want. That's exactly what um, we want. We want that Annie yeah. Mac level of excitement. We want the Annie Mac level of excitement. Give us a big nasty. Oh my God. <laughs> Give us a give us a bit of EZ. Come on, man. <laughs> give us a nasty. What am I saying? Sam, this is Benji B. This, this is, is Benji B. You're listening to How Long Gone. Good evening. This is Benji B. from London, United Kingdom, and you're now listening to How Long Gone. 